welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite movie podcast where a couple break down horror movies thematically by month and one dies a little each time. I am the victim, Cindy. I'm not going to say that makes me the perpetrator because that sounds fucking mm-hmm. awful. I have you on. I have you on um, tape. That makes me the co-conspirator. <laughs> okay. Um, so welcome, Cindy. Welcome. I just want to say to you, you think you know the story, huh? That's the tagline of the movie. Oh, okay. Um, well, you think you know the story, but you don't. And that's it. Okay. Well, this month we are. Uh, our theme is uh, fucked up family. Fucked up summer vacations. My summer vacation has. Going to shit. We watched Midsummer last week. We watched The Burning the week before that. What are we watching this week, my dear? I have never been more sure mm. that you were going to love a movie more than you're going to love this mm-hmm. movie. You were going to love the shit out of this week. What is Welcome it? Welcome to The Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Okay, I've heard gonna, of this. We're going to talk about some really fun and slightly problematic things with this movie. Okay. Not nearly as problematic as the Weinsteins. Okay. But. Not good either. Let's fucking do this. Uh, what do you remember about 2012? 2012. Um, the year the wine calendar ended. Yeah. The year that John Cusack made a movie that we were all going to die. Okay. What else do you remember? <laughs> uh, let's see. I was That was my, the year my first... Uh, that was the first year of my divorce. <laughs> like so I had, I had a period. Oh, what? That'd be weird. Um, yeah. So I had little ones. I had a two and a six-year-old. It's crazy. Yep. The 12, 2012. Um, well, the world. Mm-hmm. For the world. For the world. What was going um, on in 2012? The year that the Encyclopedia Britannica was like, we're no longer doing a print version. Yeah. We're um, done with this. Done. Um, yeah, the Aurora Theater shooting at mm. the Dark Knight Rises show, yep. that happened. The Curiosity Mars rover landed. Uh, Obama got reelected. Thank God. Washington State legalized weed. Mm. Uh, the Sandy Hook elementary shooting happened. My God, where did they come from there? I just need to, I just need to say this real fast. I think the two most telling things that have occurred in my lifetime are 9-11 um, not so much because of the events of 9-11, but how we reacted to it. How it changed uh, How I world. saw people react and band together in ways that were both amazing and terrifying. Um, how I saw a lot of people other a lot of people, uh, which was terrifying. Um, and then we basically were like, we will give up anything to be safe, right? Yep. Please listen to our telephone calls. Please do whatever. Please open secret prisons, torture people. As long as I don't have to worry about something bad happening, like, I'm okay with it. And um, that was terrifying. And then Sandy Hook is the moment where we as a nation looked into the dark mirror and said, guns are more important than kids. Um, And I say that as a person who supports people being able to own guns. I just, the idea of like, we're not going to have any checks on that at all. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Um, the fact that like anyone, regardless of their mental capacity or mm-hmm. um, emotional mm-hmm. capacity or where they're at in their life could just go buy a gun is fucking bananas. Yep. Um, and it was the moment we were like, we just started saying thoughts and prayers. 
That'll fix it. Thoughts we never prayers. stopped. Uh, and then it's just been nonstop ever since. Yeah. Um, 2012 is the year that we lost Whitney Houston. We lost Michael Clark Duncan. We lost Phyllis Diller. Hey, Cindy, what do you that best know love. Phyllis Diller from? <laughs> uh, she's in all kinds. She's a comedy icon. She was one of the first. I mean, it was like her and Joan Rivers mm-hmm. were the first like married women com- comedians who made a life about it. Yes. Do you remember what I know Phyllis Diller from? What? Scooby-Doo and Friends. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She used to be on that. <laughs> Just animated Phyllis yes, Diller running around with Scooby-Doo. Uh, Dick Clark, Tony Scott, so fucking sad. Like, do you remember how Tony Scott died? No, how? Tony Scott, I think he had a, it was like brain cancer, hit some sort of cancer, and he just was driving in his car in LA, pulled over, got out, jumped off a bridge. Like, the guy who directed Top Gun. Wow. Like, and uh, True Romance, and like, it's fucking insane. That's how he decided to do that. Just boom. Um, Damn. I, I just, you know, b- big ups in, in whatever afterlife for Tony Scott and also in the current real world for Ridley Scott. Um, I love you both very much. <laughs> um, but sh- fucking R.I.P., man. Uh, it's also there we lost Ernest Borgnine, mm-hmm. who, good run. Good run. Ernest good Borgnine guy. is he was alive funny. forever. Yep. Forever. He was, a radio, he was the old radio TV movie guy. He kind of hit them all. Yeah, he, like, started in the 50s. And then, mm-hmm. like, I remember him being on like the single guy with Jonathan Silverman. Like he was around for fucking ever. Yep. So there you go. Um, if you're trying to remember what movies came out in 2012, Let's it was you. the dark Knight rises, <laughs> hunger games, Django unchained, spring breakers, pitch perfect. Um, Prometheus speaking of the Scots, uh, Ted, this is 40 sinister fucking really want to watch sinister with you. That movie's going to scare the fucking shit out of you. Lovely. Uh, the master skyfall dread, Looper. People sleep on Looper. It's very Looper's good. not too bad. Okay. Uh, so there you go. Now. Now. Why are we doing this after Midsummer? Why? You ask. Why? Long um, ass Midsummer. Four and a half hour Midsummer. This movie's rated R. This movie is also one hour and 35 minutes. <laughs> ah. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was released April 13th of 2012. I already told you the tagline is, you think you know the story. Uh, it is co-written and directed by Drew Goddard. Uh, he's the writer and director of Bad Times at the El Royale, which is so fucking good. Okay. More people should see that movie. Like, it's so good. He wrote on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show. He One of my on favorites. Angel. Uh, he wrote Cloverfield. He wrote on Lost. He wrote World War Z. Oh, this is a Joss Whedon production, isn't it? Yeah, he's the creator and writer yeah, of the Daredevil sense. show that was on Netflix. Drew Goddard. Yeah. Okay, so that now we're going to start talking about the problematic things. So it's co-written and produced by Joss Whedon. So Joss Whedon was a really big part of my teenage and early 20-hood. Big part. Um, watched all of the shows and talked about, I mean, like, it was a big deal. Um, that being said, finding out that he wasn't the best guy to work for doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Um, when we talk about Joss Whedon being not a good guy, we don't mean Harvey Weinstein bad. No, no, no. Just an asshole. He apparently is a screamer and yells at people and demeans them and yep. um, makes people cry and calls them fat and pieces of shit. And he's just not, like, he's just, he's a terrible person. Yeah. But, like... He's not the ally he claims to be as far in, like, the 
feminist world. Also, like, Joss Whedon is, like, that 90s, like, well-meaning liberal where it's like, Mm -hmm. we've gone far enough. Now we're going too far. And it's like, well, buckle up, buttercup. Like, we've just begun, bitch. Right. Um, In case you're wondering, like, well, Joss Whedon's clearly a piece of shit, but what did he do? Um, He's the guy behind Firefly and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Dollhouse. And he directed... The first two Avengers movies, mm-hmm. and he did that shitty Justice League movie. Ooh, um, also, spoiler alert, guys. Fucking hate on me all you want. Guess what? There's two wildly different cuts of the Justice League movie. They both fucking blow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's just, do you want bright, dumb, terrible, or do you want dark, gritty, terrible? They fucking suck. Both of those movies fucking suck. Um, sorry, not sorry. You're not sorry. I'll tell you that right eh. now. Uh, I would say this is my favorite thing Joss Whedon is attached to is this movie. Okay. Uh, it won't be for you because Buffy the Vampire Slayer is like so intrinsic just, to like your... It is. It's an important part of my little world. Growing up, but you're going to fucking love this movie. Okay. Uh, that being said... Um, oh, so I did put... It, this is in my notes. I'm going to read you my notes exactly how I wrote them for okay. Joss Whedon. After I wrote what he did, I wrote slash not a good dude slash workplace harassment slash... Making people fucking cry. Yeah. Like. There's never any cause for that. Unless, like, you know, you're trying to do a crying scene. And even then, like, there's ways to do that. No, just be nice to people. Don't yeah. be a fucking prick. We're not here to it's do It's called that. acting. Yep. Just let them fucking act. Yeah. Um, so, Peter Deming actually shot this movie. Uh, he's the guy who did Drag Me to Hell and Mulholland Drive and season three of Twin Peaks. Okay. So there you go. This is a comfortable movie for us. <laughs> season three of Twin Peaks is ooh, amazing. Okay. Uh, so the cast of this thing, we've got Kristen Connolly as Dana. Um, she was in The Happening, that Marky Mark movie where the plants come alive and try to kill everyone. Never knew about that, but I'm glad I know. I'm glad it exists. It's an M. Night Shyamalan movie where Marky Mark's like running around. And he's like, well, these plants, it's coming alive. He's trying to eat me, these plants. And then she's in. (laughs) Is that what he's like? Yeah, she's in the show FBI International. So my. No, 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 no. It's not CIA. I know you're thinking. It's the CIA. So there's like a TV night um, that my dad watches TV. I can't remember what night of the week is. There's like three FBI shows with three different casts. And he watches all all three of of them. That's their demographic right there. It's like, do you guys want to watch an hour and a half of like procedural cop shows and just jerk off to how blue lives matter? Come on over to ABC, CBS, or NBC, baby. Yeah. Um, gross. But yeah. hey, gross. not the main person in this movie. Who is the main person in this movie? No, 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 that is. Oh. But guess who's got second billing? Who? Who is now the biggest star of this movie? Chris Hemsworth. Ah, yes. Playing Kurt. The Hemsworth brothers. I literally wrote for him Kurt slash Thor. Yep, because that's what everybody knows him for. Hello, Thor. Hi, Thor. (laughs) Uh, We've got Hannah Hutchinson playing Jules. She's in Robert the Bruce. Um, Vengeance, a love story, which is in a Cage movie. Anytime you can bring out Nick Cage for anything in a podcast. We 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 try to so often. Um, Then we've got the next three names are the best things about this movie. Fran Kranz is Marty. He's in The Village. He's in The Dark Tower. He's in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. He's currently uh, on that Julia Child show on HBO Max. Okay. Um, actually, I was going to tell you a little fact about him in this movie, but I'm going to wait because I want to see if you notice it without me telling you. Okay. But 
So you're my, for the back half. My guess is this. Of the four main cast members, he is your favorite. <laughs> okay. Just a guess. Uh, okay. And then um, Richard Jenkins is Sitterson. Um, Richard Jenkins is the dad from Step Brothers. Okay. We know him. Uh, he's in The Shape of Water. He's in Nightmare Alley. He's in Bone Tomahawk. Richard Jenkins fucking rules. Yeah. Um, this movie launched a million memes. A million memes million. of him and Bradley Whitford. Um from like 10 years ago and as soon as you see these two you're gonna be like i've seen memes of these guys a hundred thousand times you don't see them anymore but there was a time when they were like they cycle through the predominant meme in the internet (laughs) which brings us to bradley whitford uh who plays hadley who is in get out uh he's the dad in get out Um, okay the one who says if i could have voted for obama for a third term i would i would um he's josh lyman on the west wing and arguably the best thing about the West Wing. Okay. Um, so there you go. The Cabin in the Woods. The Cabin in the Woods. All right. Well, we've reached the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a poster from this movie. And I try to tell you what it's going to be about. Uh, it is a cabin. It is uh, like a Rubik's Cube cabin. So I think this is going to be um, about some friends lovers who rent a cabin in the woods and it becomes like Alice in Wonderland. Everything isn't exactly as it seems and doors lead here that don't lead there and the house is alive. Am I right? Mm, There's things where you're like heading in the right direction, but I don't... But If you could have guessed what this movie was going to be about. Like Midsummer's easy to guess what it's going to be about. Right. This movie's a little more like... Once you... If you go into it blind without seeing a trailer or anything and then once you watch it you're like oh fuck this movie is bananas um so okay spoiler so alert, i don't know the story unlike movie, what the poster alleges this movie is bananas no you think you know the story but i don't i this don't movie is starts to give you one thing and then it's just like nope um okay this is kind of you can find it anywhere this is currently on max okay so if you got it HBO Max or what currently called it goes, Max. It goes by Max now. Yeah, Max. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but okay. I don't know. When I when I hear the name Max, I immediately just think about the head vampire from Lost Boys. Oh, fair. So that's fair. Uh, it's also on Cinemax, so there you go. This movie is not hard to find. Um, I'm not gonna lie, guys. Is this the scariest movie we're gonna watch on the podcast? No. It's pretty goddamn close to being one of the mm. most fun, though. Okay. Like, this movie is just fucking fun. Okay. And that's why it's following Midsummer. <laughs> yeah. So, Pal- buckle Bit up. of a palate cleanser. All right. Well, join us, won't you? Mind the doors. <laughs> Just Drink sangria in the park And then later It gets dark What was that? What do you think's down there? Why don't we find out? Look at all this What is that? Diary of Anna Patience Buckner. And there's something in Latin. Do not read the Latin. Dana! Dolor super vivo caro. Dolor igneo animus. 
seriously believe nothing weird is going on. We have a winner. It's the Buckners, ladies and gentlemen. The Buckners pull the W. Let's get this party started. Monsters. Magic. You understand what's at stake. Yes! We should split up. Yeah, good idea. Really? Gotta keep the customer satisfied. Hey, we watched Cabin in the Woods. Probably, uh... The most, oh, that took a turn movie since, you know, The Simpsons. <laughs> this movie uh, was not what I expected at all. But I guess that's kind of the point and why it was uh, so good. I have a question. Yeah. Are you talking about The Simpsons movie? No, just in general, The Simpsons. Like, they start out with a base premise and then by act two, they just kind of spin off into something uh, small. And it's it was like, like a little piece of minutiae. I was trying to remember, like, if The Simpsons movie, because I've only seen it once. I don't and think so. took like a weird turn. No, just in general. All right. They take weird turns. Anywho. <laughs> Welcome to the Cabin in the Woods. Well. We watched it. I'm going to say we both liked it. Yes, it was very good. It was, um. it was totally unexpected. <laughs> it was wildly funny. Definitely wasn't expecting that. There were still some random jump scares that I wasn't expecting, but it ended phenomenally now do you think if you hadn't known that this was like drew goddard and joss whedon you would have picked up on like a yes buffy yep serenity vibe yep for sure the it's kind of like it's in the talking and the dialogue there's a very joss whedon-esque way of writing dialogue for sure that but so, sometimes it's fun works and sometimes it's annoying, exactly depending it, it depends on the actor i assume um, I think my favorite bit of dialogue is Whedonism is the, uh, the, the gag about, and it's at the beginning of the movie when they're got the textbooks mm -hmm. and she's like, or he's like, who, who gave you this? Who taught you this? And she's like, I learned it from you. I learned it from watching you. Yeah, oh so no. That old PSA joke. When he so. throws uh, a football out in, out the window and then a guy just, oh, it's our buddy. <laughs> Caught it. Yeah. Like, this is strange. Okay. Uh, okay. So, very quickly, mm -hmm. listeners at home or cars. Or cars or at home? Wherever, yeah. Your car oh, is well, sitting in gotcha. your home in a garage. <laughs> Please don't do that. Or maybe you drove your car into your home. I don't know. Here's what I'm going to tell you, just so you're aware, in case you wanted to hear me talk, but you didn't watch the movie. This movie is <laughs> about a cabin in the woods and about... Like, the group of friends that goes to Cabin in the Woods movies all the mm -hmm. time, right? Like, But it turns out that they, uh, the, all those things have to happen because we're trying to keep Kronos in the, uh, yes. down in the volcano, I guess, so that he doesn't come back and destroy us all. Okay, well, let's go ahead and let me describe the A-plot for you. Okay. What, what's going on on the surface, which is, it's this group of, like, 
generic friends, which are fun. They're fun people and the acting is really good, but they're very specifically designed to be stereotypes on purpose. Right. And more on that in a second. So they're going to a cabin in the woods, very much like Evil Dead, right? And every movie that was like trying to ape Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. Um, Down to... They the get old man saying, uh, get, yeah, first off, why did they need an RV if they were going to a cabin? One. Two, why, well, the old man where they get the gasoline is so funny. And the, the scene where he's on the phone when they call him, he's on speakerphone. Yes. <laughs> Am I on speaker? Not, no. What are you talking about? And they'll start, yeah. But more on the two best characters in the okay. movie in a second. <laughs> They're so <laughs> funny. I call them the B-plot. Okay, um, yeah, fair. So it's this group of kids, and they're like high, not high school, college age. Yeah. And they very distinctly break the genre tropey characters. Like Chris Hemsworth. Uh, is, on a full acad- is on a full academic scholarship. He's like super smart, and he like knows all this like literature and philosophy but he plays football right and <laughs> it's important that you know that it's like all these characters you don't realize like it well-rounded people until they get to the cabin <laughs> and then the first third of the movie is like the setup of like let's go to the cabin and right. then like throwing out red flags and like we maybe we shouldn't go to the cabin but we're going to the cabin and marty um i think everyone's favorite character in this movie Marty is that the old guy in no, the No, Marty's the pothead. Oh yeah, Marty is pretty funny. Is the one who's like constantly like, Why are we doing that? Like Okay. Are you really like a, about to read that out loud? It seems like a terrible idea. Why would you do that? Right. Um and then the second act is they discover very much like Evil Dead, the basement full of like goodies. Knickknacks and horror paraphernalia that like ties to a hundred different horror movies. And what? essentially, oh. they need to pick the thing that will murder them all. Right, whatever um, they choose. So, and then that brings us to... The, the B-plot. The B-plot, which is there is a world conspiracy... Right. ...of all these countries that have kept the old gods... At bay. Um, Kronos, like, think, like... I would, I, Kronos is just what came to my mind. Yeah, he was banished. It's supposed, to, it's supposed to be Kronos. Right, but very much like in the realm of like Lovecraft, mm-hmm. right? There's an ancient sleeping god who we can only appease and keep sleeping by sacrificing these sacrifices of archetypes, exactly, in like uh, in what would have been like plays and then later movies, but right. but in real life. So this was just kind of how the powers that be have kept us alive i don't know how to explain that part but it's hilarious the the bloody gods and then we find out that like the two main character the two i would say yeah the main plot the main characters of the b plot richard jenkins and bradley whitford (laughs) run everything from the control room for the Um, day it's kind of like they're they're like the superstars and they're running everything and keeping it going and then the producers they very specifically have picked these people showrunners start to like chemically alter them so like chris hemsworth just gets dumber as the movie goes on what's up bro is just gonna get broy and is just like i'm just here to fuck and, and the pothead's like he's on a full academic scholarship what is he even talking yes. about the what only, is what are we drinking like they they put shit in the air the 
hair dye of yeah, the girl oh. who's supposed to be the slut yeah she, to make her slutty she wanted she went blonde so they put uh chemicals in her hair um well, in the dye they tr- they got her to go blonde because that's like a trope right? oh yeah like obviously summer blonde mm-hmm. um so they're like manipulating all this and then they also have a betting pool every year for what <laughs> at, the, at the fa- at the production company yes and it's also important for you to know <laughs> that every other country has failed that year right. except for japan so it's between and japan states. and the united states the two who is going to get never fail right in order you know before midnight to get this yes and i love the fact that fed. the american one is like it's a fucking slasher right and, and what the, they what they end up picking is like hillbilly inbred zombies that inflict pain on people right. and then the japanese one very, was like it's the fucking ring very texas chainsaw <laughs> massacre the japanese one's like it's the ring oh yeah for it's sure like kids in a fucking school um and then when you see that the the footage of like the kids winning in japan they, they pray over it and, and they set the soul free yeah they trap it in a frog and they're like it'll live happily in this frog forever and then one of my favorite <laughs> moments of the movie is when they do that richard jenkins is like fuck you Fuck you to those like, little kids oh, on, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the TV. We did what you wouldn't do. And every time it cracks me up. Um, and so, I'm like, reminded of there was this meme about D&D where it's like, I was uh, I DM'd for my daughter once, even for her and her friends, even wrote up all the characters. And in battle one against the werewolves, they ended up convincing that like, and somehow they ended up becoming friends with the werewolves and becoming like the werewolves were their pets and they live all lived happily ever after and like fixed things. He's like, I even made these characters. I don't know how they pulled this off. I mean, they just think outside the box. This movie is fun because it literally has a turn. (laughs) It really does. In every like act. Yeah. So act two is like they're being hunted and murdered. But you don't really know why. Like hillbilly zombie monsters. I thought for sure family? it was going to be kind of like um, what what's the uh, the purge, and it was going to be oh okay the rich people betting on the poor. That's why mm-hmm. college is so expensive. Like oh you get to go to college at step one, and then you get selected, kind of a thing. And that's why it's so important, you know, that girls remain virgins and virginal and all that. Uh, I I love the fact that like. When we get to the end of the movie, we find out that the virgin character is not a virgin. Right. And then we're told we work with what we got. Right. Like we uh, we understand that it is. So does that mean that she's just really into anal? Like they're, they're basically like we understand this movie came out in 2012. Docking. Or we understand that like these are tropes and we're just going to squeeze people into it as best we can. And, and, and we get what we get. Um, like <laughs> we do a super best. brainiac jock. Who we're just going to make dumb as shit, right? Right. Um, or a, a brainy brunette that they're going to make blonde and slutty. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's 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 worth pointing out that Marty is immune to all of the chemicals because the, of his weed. Yeah, because he's just so stoned so all the time. He starts the movie as like a stoner that everyone's like, you have no idea what's going on. And no. then, like by the middle of the movie, he's just... People are like reading Latin out of a book. And he's like, why would you? What are you doing? He's like, I please, please don't read that. What are you doing? What would even possess you? Yeah. And he like, he can hear like the subtle commands they're giving. Like, go for a walk. And he's what? like, what? You guys, you hear that? Is that a? <sighs> yeah. All and... right. Well, I'm going to go for a walk. But not because you told me, but because I really am creeped out and just need to like move around. That was funny too. Um, 
so then the third act is basically they have this massive party because all i mean it's the massive party it's the six of them dead no no no. oh 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 like the, Be- yeah the bu- because in they the, in the bunker and the, right the, the production company is having this big like it came down to the wire and boom america we're the ones who got to like we're the ones who did it yeah they had to like and then they were like um close the tunnel actually and then you find out that marty's not dead and then right. so the ritual is not complete so the world's going to end it's very important that we point out that the world will end right if one country does not complete this ritual like yeah. every country gets a shot but, but if it has to be done by this happen, time so it's down to america right it's a very American thing. The idea of like, it's all on our shoulders, baby. Yep. Um, That's how we like it. And then Marty's like saves the main character. Mm-hmm. He saves um, Dana and is like, hey, I found an elevator. And then they go down into like that giant, um, <laughs> you're calling a production company, I'm calling it an office. Like they're. There's like a thousand building. floors of creeps. And it, it, they have like all of the monsters there in mm-hmm. these cubes. And so as they're kind of going through this elevator, going up or down or whatever, they're just passing all the possible nightmares that could have, you know, a lot of things that like them. nod to all different kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like I did notice there was a purple people eater in there. If right. You closely. Mm-hmm. Like that's always fun. Um, and then that's where we find out like, hey, you have to die. And then they right. release all of the monsters because the. There's now soldiers. Right. Like, that are going to make this happen. That are going to kill Marty. And then maybe they, even And her. we have our special guest. Um, and then everyone, literally, they release the monsters and everyone dies. Except. Richard Jenkins at first. Um, who flees after watching mm-hmm. uh, Bradley Whitford get eaten by a merman. Right. In a hilarious callback where he kept saying, like, I'm never going to see a merman. Because he wanted, yeah, he keeps betting on them to... And, Pick the merman and it never Jenkins happens. Jenkins is like, trust me, you don't want to see one. They're terrifying. And the cleanup on them is disgusting. And then sure enough, it was terrifying and disgusting. And that's what kills him. It, it eats him and then blows all the blood out of its blowhole in its back. And <laughs> it's it was so really gross. fucking gross. Um, and then Richard Jenkins dies accidentally by our two, uh, by Marty and Dana's hand. That And he's kind of like, you, you have to kill him. You have to kill him. And then they end up down in like the central chamber tomb yeah. where Kronos or Cthulhu or whatever it is, is living, sleeping. Angry Papa is sleeping, right? And then that's when the director who we've heard on the phone shows up and it's Sigourney Weaver. Yep. Um, so it's a young woman named Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Fun fact. Apparently they tried to get Jamie Lee Curtis and they also tried to get Bruce Campbell. Oh, that would have been great for all of them. Those were other people that Sigourney they were Weaver's like a good looking at getting and tertiary. They couldn't do it for whatever reason. Right. Um, I love Sigourney Weaver so much and I love Jamie Lee Curtis so much, but like part of me thinks the goofiness of this movie <laughs> would have been perfect for a Bruce appearance. Yes. Right. If he was swaggered in, in like a suede fucking suit <laughs> and then like, hey, kiddo, like, sorry, you got to die. Um, but yeah, I can uh, see that. Yeah, for sure. That would have been good. And then Sigourney Weaver's killed by the last member of the hillbilly inbred zombie uh, family. Zombie family. And then that was chosen. Basically, the two main characters decide the world is not worth saving if it requires people to die constantly yeah, to it. renew it. So they don't. So let's and just let it die. The world ends. This movie ends with yeah. the world ending. 
And that's like, the movie. Yeah. We're going to die anyway. Holy Might as well shit. take it all down with us. Holy shit. This it was movie so is bananas. Fun. It's so much so fun. So fun. So fun. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we weren't the only ones that love this movie. This movie has a really high score on like everything. Right. Um, it has a high cinema score. It has it's a high fun. I can definitely score. see going into this totally blind, not, you know, just thinking this is another, you know, last house on the left sort of a or whatever, last cabin in the woods movie and just being totally flipped on its head. Yes. The, so funny. They, uh, Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard said that they wanted people to walk in late and be like is this the fucking movie that right. we came in to see like what is ha- why is there people in an office what is going on i don't understand i thought chris hemsworth was in this um yeah chris hemsworth we, t- we didn't mention that so chris hemsworth tries to like jump the chasm right on a dirt, on a dirt and instead just and hits this fucking wall and truman show style plink goes down it, it just was very boop, funny boop, 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 all the way down plink goes a good word um, for it and it's fucking hilarious. it even makes like kind of like a plink mm-hmm. sound because of the way it's yeah yeah it does so <laughs> um hilarious so here's the thing about that movie okay it made I think it was made for like $30 million. It ended up making like 66. Nice. So it like doubled its budget. Um, there's not a sequel because how does one make a sequel you to can't. this movie? I don't think The world possible, ended. Right? Right? The, I mean, the world exploded. We're done. Right. Kronos came back. Um, I will I will tell Maybe you that a, prequel? a lot of the inspiration for this movie came from Drew Goddard's upbringing in Los Alamos, New Mexico. Um, where they made the atomic bomb. Fair. Right? He's like, there were a lot of scientists and co-workers all going about their business and doing, like, normal routine things. And they were just building nuclear weapons that could destroy the entire world. Like, you just see them, and they had, like, those short sleeve shirts on with, yeah. like, ties, and they're just, like, hey, engineers, like, taking bets on, like, dogs and shit. Engineers and are always, like, Dilbert, aren't they? During the day, like, building things that could destroy the world. <laughs> Fair. Um... So during production for this movie, I talked about Chris Hemsworth. MGM saw the dailies of him mm-hmm. and were like, hey, Not let's enough. get him to do Red Dawn. Oh. So this movie was made in 2009 and it sat on the shelf, right? So based off of what they saw, he got Red Dawn and then two days later, Thor. Thor. And both Red Dawn and Cabin in the Woods came, they ended up being delayed uh, and then we're released after Thor. Okay. So and it's all the same. Yeah. Yeah. It was this weird thing where like. That's awesome. Good he, for him. Those two movies were made pre-Thor and he got Thor based off of this movie. <laughs> this is back when he was just the guy who was dating Miley Cyrus. No, no, no. That was the younger. That was the other brother. Whatever. The youngest one. Liam, okay. Right. Because sure. there was the oldest one who never left Australia. Whatever. That's all I know about the Hemsworths. Cool. Liam is the Miley Cyrus husband. Ex husband. That didn't get, buy her flowers. Right. That's right. Anywho. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> and that's as much of pop culture as we got. That, as far as the Hemsworth are, Hemsworths are concerned. Uh, we did talk about the failed rituals from other countries. Uh, the Kyoto oh, yeah. one is definitely the ring. The, there's, you see one from Buenos Aires and it's King Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see one from Stockholm and it's John Carpenter's The Thing. And then you see one from Madrid and it kind of looks like Dracula. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So Whedon and Goddard created over 60 different types of monsters specifically fun. for this movie. That would be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Including... Like just let your mind go wild. 
their Hellraiser character. Oh, that we didn't talk about him. Um, he has a name. Okay, give me his, his name. His name is Fornicus, Lord of Bondage and Pain. There. That's, and he's got a little that checks out. Little globe instead of a puzzle box. Correct. Like Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we mentioned that she reads Latin and she reads uh, Doloro Sapirovo Caro, Doloro Sublimus Caro, Dolor Igneo Animus, which means pain outlives the flesh, pain raises the flesh, pain ignites the spirit. Gross. Apparently, our inbred hillbilly zombie family were Latin or Catholic. <laughs> or Catholic? That's because old that's, school Catholic. That's definitely hillbillies. When I think hillbillies, I think hardcore Catholic. Yep. Um, Especially they, in like West Virginia. <laughs> uh, the movies that apparently played a big part in how they built this movie were uh, The Evil Dead, 1984, right seen, for like yeah. the all of the watching oh, people yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resident Evil, the Friday Thirteenth films, Cabin Fever, and the Saw movies. Um, Some pretty fun movies. Yeah. So, and I think the the cleverest thing about this movie is it takes, like, a genre trope that's been around since the invention of, like, genre slashers, trips. right? Like, the idea of, like, oh, there's every Friday the 13th film, every, like, Halloween's eventually, they all fall into this trope of, like, there's a final mm-hmm. girl, or in the case of Bruce Campbell, a final guy, which is, or the burning, right? It's oh, yeah. rare that it's a guy, but it's, sometimes it's a guy. There's a final character. There's always a final, right? Usually there's It always comes down to one on one. Chased character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got like a dumb jock who's usually kind of a bully to everyone else. Um, like kind of a nerdy scholarly guy. Uh, a really slutty girl. And a stoner. And then like. Think about it, it's Scooby-Doo. Stoners are drunks, right? So, like someone who's yeah, like, you know. it's Scooby-Doo. I'm out of my mind. You've got the jock, Fred, the hot girl, Velma, the nerdy girl, Daphne. Oh, sorry. Flipped it. You know what I mean? Uh, Shaggy is totally stoned all the time. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, eh. it's, that's what makes this movie so good is the fact it takes that. Everyone knows those tropes. Yep. And then justifies why they exist because it's like, there's an ancient god who must be appeased in a blood ritual and these people must die in a specific order. Anyone can die in any order as long as the virgin remains to be the last one. She can die or not die. It's up to her. Right. But, like, all she these other characters be... have to die in service of, like, her. the greater good. Right. Right? Dumb. So, let me ask you this question before we... Before we slide off into the ether? winding down. Mm, go ahead. The end of the movie. Okay. It's us. Right? Okay. I'm Marty. You're Dana. The world's gonna end. Okay. Do you shoot me? No, we probably fuck until, you know, the world goes away. You got kids, though. Yeah, but... What people don't think about is, like, the collateral damage, right? So let's say I shoot you. The world, oh, we're saved. There's already been massive earthquakes. There have been some pretty crazy things that have happened. Who's to say that my kids lived through that? Also, they're kind of right. Like, who wants to live in a world where, like, somebody has to die all the Fuck that. Nope. I'm good. I, I, I would want you to kill me in that scenario. Fine. Like... I just I think I can have it all if I do it in the right order. I mean, I just feel like <laughs> even though the world is flawed, it's still the world. Yeah, but who knows what's next, if anything? Who knows? Mm-hmm. A giant walking fire god. Ooh. Just murdering everyone. Maybe. Yeah, I'm good on all that shit. So. That's, yeah, that's what I mean. So we just nah. go out with go out in the bang. <laughs> I I would be like, you know, just go ahead and couldn't shoot me either way because it's going to be miserable either way like i'm either going to get crushed or you're going to shoot me in the head um 
It is what it is. Okay. So. I mean, nah, I'm good. I mean, but the, the way the movie ends is fucking phenomenal. It is it's the perfect way for yes. this movie to end. But Yeah, I don't think it would. It wouldn't be as fun if it ended can, any other way. Can you think of another movie or another scenario where the end of the movie or story is everyone on the planet dies and you're like, ha, ha, ha that's fun. No, that's fair. <laughs> like, that's a good time. That's a good fun movie. Oh, Lord. Make sure there's no sequel. So in our continuation this month. Well, hold on. Would oh, you watch okay. this with your kids? Maybe. Yeah. It's kind of fun that way. Um, even the old, even the older set, I think would enjoy it if that you can just get them to shut up and be like, Hey, just, just watch, give it 20 minutes. Then everything gets explained. But I think the older set and the younger set in that first 20 minutes would be doing so much of the, what is going on? Why? I don't, why is there an office? Right. Um, I thought we were watching, I thought you said like, just, mm. so if you have people that can handle that, I, you're all, you're I do the rule of like. By the time we get to the end of the movie, if you don't understand what's going on, I'll help you. Mm-hmm. But, like, let the movie try to explain it to you rather than ask me questions. Like, just, yeah. just you know, do some detective work. Um, and by detective work, I mean, shut the fuck up. Just watch with your eyes. That's yeah. all you got to do. And listen with your ears. You just have to be very passive. <laughs> so what was your favorite moment in this movie? Uh, when the merman finally, he finally gets to meet the merman at the end. Say, Yeah. That's that was a great also part. When they, uh, put this in front of test audiences, that scored the highest. In the moment the <laughs> it movie. was perfect. Uh, favorite character? Uh, I think probably him, that, that engineer guy. Those two, the two of them together? Yeah. They were pretty, they oh were God. a good set. Or, Mar- or Marty. <laughs> Eh. I love all three of them. Yeah, the whole thing is just—it's funny. The I, whole concept and how it was executed. But was you're right, very fun. There, the scene where the harb—he's called the harbinger—calls, <laughs> and he's like a true believer, like religious wackadoodle. And he's and like he's waxing like, poetic, and they just have him on speakerphone. And they're like, laughing. The lambs have entered the slaughterhouse, and they're just like, "Okay, cool, man. <laughs> Give me on speakerphone." You know I hate when you do that. It makes me feel really uncomfortable. I don't. I don't. What are you talking about? And then he says something. They start laughing. He's like, you do. And it just, that's a, it's just, it's hilarious. Um, This movie is clever as shit. Mm -hmm. And also fits into our month by being a movie where (laughs) a vacation vacation takes a a fucking downturn. (laughs) It It gets... It's a horror vacation for sure. For sure. So what are we going to continue this with next week? Uh, it'll be the last week. Ooh. So what are we doing? It's my birthday week. It's my birthday week. Okay. So I saved the movie that I most wanted to watch for my birthday, The Descent. The Descent. Hey, you know how this one was like fun? Yeah. And like not really scary. The Descent the is. Descent, the Descent is going to fucking terrify you. Got it. One thousand percent. Just saying it now. Um, the Descent is a good ass scary movie, and anyone that we watch it with, we should probably watch it with your mom. It's gonna scare the shit out of her too. Like um, in a we need to talk about Kevin way. No, it's not a it's not a movie where like it'll affect my soul. Where you watch it and you're like, well, I'm fundamentally changed. It's a movie that's like it's fucking terrifying. Nice. Like okay. It's scurry. A scurry. It's very scurry. Okay, and then let's do that. Good. It's made by the same guy that made Dog Soldiers, but more on that next week. Okay, well, until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy, and I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs> Give me a
on speakerphone right now? You know, I hate that. That makes me feel so really rude. uncomfortable. It's just, it's I feel so really uncomfortable. Rude. Like, you guys could be laughing at me for all I know. <laughs> we'll see you next week, guys. <laughs>